Welcome to the Digital Com, another episode of the Digital Com. It's episode number 37 we're in now. Um, back on to our third week now after having a little bit of a break. So, you know, it's nice. It's nice to be. I'm feeling good about being back in the studio again, um, you know, because you get into a habit of you know, having these regular conversations and um, and connecting and getting a chance to explore and expound upon some of the things, um, you know, I've been doing and thinking during the week. So you're good. How's life in your world? I see you got a lot of stuff on your board in the background there, some old thoughts and things like that. But yeah. Yeah, lots of thoughts were going around in my head whilst we were thinking about our topic for next week. So I plonked those all on the board because then I know they're there, ready for when I'm ready. Um, yeah, it has ready been. Ready for when I'm ready. Good. Yes, <laughs> ready for when we're ready, I should say. But yeah, yeah no, good, it's been yeah. a great week. And I had something to ask you, but of course I've actually forgotten that. Um, but it is great. You know what, as you said, third episode in this um I won't say inaction, it's not an inaction at all, but, you know, in this stage of our podcast. And I look forward to it every week. And it just doing the podcast is actually helping my own personal development because it's helping me focus, it's helping me go deeper into topics. I've noticed that I'm starting to think about things in a different way, a way that's more enriching. It's kind of bringing me home to myself. So I'm loving doing it. Yeah, um, very yeah. good. What hey, about listen. you? Well, we're up front here because, well, in case some people don't get all the way to the end, let me plug up front (laughs) (laughs) the fact that we um, are bringing this now out on, it's got a nice little home uh, on the review platform, so you can subscribe to it. Um, Well, there's a link in the show notes here. We'll leave that there. Plus, if you go onto our Twitter at DigitalCalm, it's the very top thing there says, digital calm podcast subscribe you can click on that and that'll that'll hook you up um or you can go to mixcloud.com slash digital calm and you can find the latest episode there plus the previous episode but if you really want to get into this gig subscribe 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 then you don't have to you know you don't have to go do any other thing because it'll come to you in your inbox and and listen here's the here's the cool thing is that you get the latest episode to get the video version of that episode, you get the non-music version of that episode, you get the playlist from that episode, and you get all our social links all in that one place, and any other resources and things we talk about uh, in the podcast will be in uh, that email. So all in one package, and it's right there, simple and easy, in this busy, crazy world that we live in. How about that for you know, going an extra mile for you and giving you that peace of mind that says, boom, I don't have to just wait for it. It's going to come every Wednesday into your inbox. Absolutely. And actually, you've just reminded me what I was going to uh, feed back to you. So on Saturday, I had, oh my gosh, I was so excited. I had a whole day with nothing booked in apart from the grocery delivery. So once the grocery delivery had happened and was out of the way, I came into my office, which I call my sacred workspace, uh, because it's kind of the place where I just come and I can hang out and do whatever I want to do. And I shut the door and I went, right, what am I going to do with these six hours I have ahead of me? 
And I thought, hmm, I knew what I needed to do and I knew what I wanted to do. And then I thought, okay, I'm going to listen to something. And then I thought, what am I going to listen to? So I went to our email from last week and I scrolled down and I clicked on the playlist. And then whilst I was in Spotify, once I'd listened to that playlist, I then listened to Digital Calm 9 and 10's playlist as well. And it was just brilliant. I have to say, you choose some fantastic music and it was so good to have on in the background uh, whilst I was getting on with a lot of of organisation sorting work and just kind of freewheeling in my head. So thanks, Clay. Awesome. Very good. All right. So um, what's the game plan today? We're talking time. about time. Mm. Now, now, time. Now, you know, I know you've been struggling with some time, um, with time. Um, but I think that's a fairly common thing for people to be struggling with time. Um, and I have, a, to use your words, I have a more practical concept of all of this in relationship to time and time management. But my practical solution for this um, goes against everybody's um, willingness to take responsibility for the fact that we all only have 24 hours in a day um, and that it isn't actually about time management. It's more about what is important to you and what are your the priorities you are setting. Um, so when you go from that basis Everybody has enough time Um, because we all have the same time. (laughs) 24 hours is all you get in a day. Um, And then you decide, unless you don't have free will, of course, but that's another discussion. Then you make choices about how you want to use that 24 hours. (laughs) I'm laying my stall up out front. You really are. um, About time. Um, and then I'll get into some more um, esoteric concepts about time <laughs> later on. Uh, so what's your problem with time? Well. Or your relationship <laughs> with time, however you want to put that. What's, so, what's going yes, on here? the title of the episode or the topic really is, is we were talking about our relationship with time. And actually, I'm just going to go straight in with what you were just saying to say that actually then our, our issue is not time management, but it is about not just prioritizing, but about consciously choosing our priorities and consciously choosing how we spend our time. Um, and so... That's really the the nitty gritty kind of yeah, thing to and talk I, about. I would submit to you that even that's easy. Just what's important to you. That's the question you have to ask. Mm, no. Yeah, See, no, so, no, no, not no. no. So it's the kids wouldn't get picked up from school. That's okay. Some people don't pick their kids up from school. Some no. people don't feed their kids. Some people what? go off. No, they don't. Some, you know, we live in a privileged world, you and I, don't we? And you take care of your kids, but not everybody's grown up. I mean, it's an assumption that everybody would look after their kid, and but some people, their kid isn't a priority. And that's a fair point. Yeah. So, so to me, so it is my kids are a priority. <laughs> exactly, they're important However, to you. However, it hasn't stopped me fighting with the fact that actually, I also like to. I, I like to have lots of time. So if I'm, 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 I'm kind of an all or nothing kind of girl uh, most of the time. So I like, like, like I said, to have six hours of time on Saturday was an absolute gift. Can't remember the last time I had that, but actually now my boys are 16 and 18, they're starting to get around under their own steam. Um, You know, it's just, 
Oh my gosh, it's really exciting. And already in the last month, you know, time is being revealed and opened up for both me and my husband. And we're feeling quite different about life as a result. So in terms of our relationship with time or, or my relationship with time, I basically never took that step back that said, hang on a minute, I'm a mum. And that means there are certain things I have to do differently or less of or just stop doing altogether. I was forever, and even though I couldn't still do them, in my head, I was fighting. I still wanted to do it. I still wanted to do it. I think that's a natural thing, though. I think hmm. here's the problem that we get into. Here's the trap with time. Um, There's a couple of traps here. One, we in this sort of Western world that we kind of live in, and probably in more than just the Western world, there's a in a very sort of capitalistic Western world, I'll say, because this is the world I'm in, you know, there's a, been a big driver about productivity. I mean, we have sayings like, you know, idle mind is a devil's playground. Um, you know, folks like Benjamin Franklin, who, you know, coined the phrase, time is money. Um, and so, and go on to YouTube and you got all these videos about productivity. So everybody wants to get into a space where I'm, you know, let's do more, 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 do more. Um, and if you're not doing something in quotation productive, then you're wasting time. So we've got this societal pressure that says, um, you know, you should be doing more with your time. So, you know, for you, as you say, you know, you want to spend time with your kids. That should all there should be. You know, what do you need to do other things for? I don't know. Um, but then, you know, maybe you feel because the I enjoy doing the well, other maybe. things, so they were fulfilling. Maybe. My kids, my kids are fulfilling for like, I mean, now they're much more interesting. Now I spend all my time with them quite happily. Of course, at this point where they're not interested because they've got their own friends. But when they were younger, I mean, I'm just, I am not, I don't think I'm not a natural mother. And I'm, I certainly really struggle. Like people always used to say to me, gosh, you're so patient. And I'm like, I'm really not. So I don't know what or who they were looking at when they thought I was patient with my younger children. I mean, I obviously tried to, to be kind of patient um, and kind and supportive, but it doesn't mean I enjoyed that side of being a parent. Well, then that's a that's a whole nother philosophical question. <laughs> it is. That's a whole nother thing. Let's get back to time, I think. Yeah, well, I'm just saying, because, you know, <laughs> some people that I know, that's their whole life. They don't even know, and they don't want to be anything other than that. And they organise their whole entire day around the needs of the kids others. Uh, or, or, or others or you know um, someone they're caring for or, yeah. yeah so i mean i've had you know, I've, you know friends close friends i've had you know but that's their utility and I, I even had to eventually stop and check myself before i wrecked myself because i used to think how can anybody live like that what do you mean you must want other things you must want to uh, but that's the thing that made them happy. So why change that? You know, if they mm. want to spend every waking hour doing and looking after, and that's the thing that brings them utility, more power to them. But of course, you know, in my younger days, I was in the trap of, yes, got to be productive. You got to make the maximized life. You got to be all you can be. You got to, um, and why do the mundane stuff? Because, you, you know, do the things that really, you know, make you feel alive and yada, yada, and on and on that kind of, speech goes but then from a zen point of view now you've created a duality and the moment that we create duality is when you get unhappiness 
Mm. Because to say you don't, you know, I don't have this, or I, I want this, means you don't have it. And now I've created this split and this tension for my time and attention because I really would like to be doing this, but I got to be doing this. So I got to drop these ones off here or pick this one up on here. But, you know, I would like to, so there's an absence and then that absence creates a bit of anxiety and sometimes lots of anxiety. It causes angst or it causes resentment. So it can cause all sorts of negative things um, because we create a condition of not having by wanting something. But that's a very Zen way of looking at at things from that well, perspective. I, I actually think it's a very... Oh, you know, uh, I forgot we're supposed to be playing some music, aren't we? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, no, you carry on. So I, I made just, my point and then we better play it. I was just going to say, tune. it just suddenly dawned on me, we haven't played a tune yet and I'm just going crazy here with Well, my because talk, actually this is a topic that we are both quite passionate about and clearly both have a lot to say on, which, to be fair, is not unusual but I was reading um a book by Jean Jean Bolam I think um and it was goddesses god it might have been something like goddess goddess archetypes it for the older woman and what she was saying was that if you think about the phases of a woman's maturity you kind of go from the the girl to the the kind of the mother to then the the juicy crone um there's another story and maybe we'll talk about that another time but the point being from the girl to the mother and of course you don't actually have to be a mother it's about maturing from being kind of in your youth where you don't have responsibilities uh you're not committed to any single thing you're trying out things you're finding out who you are and you're doing lots of exploring in the world and what she was saying was that actually this shift this movement to to the mother is is maybe less about motherhood and, and more about maturity when actually you make commitments and you stick to commitments and you find the discipline to make those happen even when it's challenging and then you find that there's a deeper richness to life for for moving through those kind of thing and I read that this morning and actually I kind of went "Mm, that is really interesting because you you know you you decide to to get married or to have children or to get a pet and you think it's all going to be nice and lovely and all the rest of it and yes you're up for it and of course and it doesn't matter how much you prepare it's still tougher in some way than you were expecting or weren't expecting. Outstanding. Moments <laughs> like these, beauty is confusion. <laughs> and I thought when you said beauty is confusion, I thought that was to do with my excitement of what I was sharing about. Oh, was it? No, that's, yeah. that's the name of the group. <laughs> <laughs> you slipped it in very quickly. It was very good because I yeah. was getting carried away. No, no, it's all good. It's all good. Hmm. That's the beauty of being the proprietor of your own podcast. We make the rules around here. <laughs> if you want so, rules, you can go join a radio station and be constricted by strict time things and 30-second yeah, uh, <laughs> things. And, you know, you have to say what the station says you can say, but no, that's not how we roll around here. No, uh, so Zen, duality. I, I love that idea, actually, because I think what you've just done is explain to a lot of people why they struggle um, in their heads, you know, because I want this and I don't have it. And it's kind of like, hmm, OK. Now, obviously, we would then go into the the question of, well, OK, 
can I can I create this? So is what I whatever time. it is that I don't have. So exactly, can I create time? And mm. then this comes back to as we would talk about, well, actually, you choose, you can choose how you spend time. Um, well, I think in terms of creating time, no, because we only got 24 hours. And then the point of Zen is that you let go of the duality. So I, I don't want, therefore I don't create lack. But I, you know, we're talking about being one with self and being one and present. The the movement towards that enlightenment would be that I no longer have want, therefore I no longer have lack. Therefore, I no longer have anxiety <laughs> or distress or, you know, all these other things that come with creating a duali dualistic system that creates yeah. lack and want. Now, you see, then at that point, I would kind of have the question, well, if you if you kind of let go of the, the want or the desire to have everything, then you can end up essentially kind of doing nothing. And, and I don't mean doing nothing in a positive way. I mean, doing nothing in a, I have no motivation. So that. But that's, that is Western huge. thinking. Now that's Western. Well, that I'm a is, Westerner. I, I really know. Am. And that is the programming that we have. So I'm that just is, a programmed automon. Is exactly. that what you're saying? Exactly. No, we're all are. But that is, this is the insidiousness of it. That is the story. And I know we're, did we talk about stories? No, we're going to talk about stories in, our, in the next episode of Self-Talk. That is a story okay. that we've been told. That's the one you've been telling since, since just now. You just told it again. That reinforces this concept that if I don't want anything, I'm not striving for something, then am I doing nothing? Um, but yeah, that's a, that's just a, that's a part of a construct of time. I was reading a piece about, um, I don't know if you come across Tom Hodgkinson, uh, and he's got a book called, um, how to be free. And he has a bit in there. One of the chapters is throw your watch away, but he starts to explore time. Um, and before time became a thing, um, we didn't have the same kind of relationship with time um, that you had to be filling it with stuff. And Neil the the and that guy, Neil, he's got a double barrel name, but it just, just left me. But anyway, Neil, I'm going to call him Neil Yay. if you're listening. We're on I'll first name. We're on, we're on first name basis now. Give me um, the name of a book or something. Nah, uh, he just speaks. So he's a physicist and he speaks okay. all the time and all that. So um, I could I look him on Google if I wanted to, but I, I'm in flow. <laughs> uh, um, uh, so he pointed out that even before we, you know, we didn't know what time was to start with, but we we were observant. I.e., we noticed that the sun uh, was in different parts of the sky during the day. We noticed the moon, and then we started to notice seasons. But in the beginning, we used to think, of course, that, you know, everything rotated around us. But later we got busy and learned that we actually were rotating around the sun and all that. But anyway, um, Hodges points and Hodgson points out the fact that um, he had this loose notion of time, but it wasn't all necessarily uniform, uh, uniform time. So my village or my little precinct um, we had a little town crier and a like, and we might be moving to a, a separate place. It was when 
we brought in the concept of merchant time, i.e. let's get everybody in being productive, capitalist, producing stuff, but we need to have everybody in sync. So let's get this whole sort of clock and watch thing down and standardize time so that we can, you know, Benjamin Franklin times money, be more productive. If you're doing something other than being productive to make money, think in that hour that you, you know, sat under... Um, I don't know, the apple tree, <laughs> that was worth five shillings, that you could have made five shillings in that time. So then we became in that space where it's like, oh, you're not productive. Or if you're looking at the um, Puritans in the States, if you're not productive, then you're probably doing contemplating some bad stuff, sin, lusting after women, drinking. So you need to be productive <laughs> and occupied. But that's just the thing that's kind of, crazy that's been put into us the other thing i'll say about that um is that time is the only dimension that we can't manipulate we can manipulate up and down back and forth but we can't manipulate time we can't speed time up we can't slow it down we can't go back to the past or anything so we're in essence stuck in time or prisoner of time if you will I like that. That's I've not even thought of that. So we can manipulate light. We can manipulate space. Space. Frankly, sadly, we can manipulate the climate and the weather. Uh, we just didn't realize we were doing it, which is why it's important we make some conscious choices now. But mm, I hadn't really thought about. I hadn't thought about the fact that we can't manipulate time, but you are absolutely right. So it's all about actually taking kind of almost stepping outside of time <laughs> um, and then making that conscious choice, how you're going to spend your time. You know, this, I mean, when we talk about time, then I'm always going to mention um, Stephen Covey, of course, great quote that I didn't know was his, but came up whilst I was doing my research this week. And it said, it is possible to be busy very busy without being very effective. Absolutely. We do that day in and day out. We're always busy. Absolutely. Name me a person that doesn't say, they're, oh, I'm not busy. <laughs> Most everybody, oh, I'm too busy. I can't do this. I can't do that. I'm too busy. Yeah. Then the, definitely the people that I know aren't like that at all. But it's it's about, it is about how do I spend my time so that I I am effective or what I'm doing is effective depending on where you're coming from. But and that has to be, you know, further clarified to say, well, what is effective and what are you trying to be effective at? So what are you trying to achieve? You know, so yeah, um, you know, it's multi-layered in that sense. So I want to be effective, effective at what and for what reason do I want to be effective? But, you know, maybe it's for your job or whatever it might be. But, you know, having that second part of that equation to do it. Um, and you can even in workplaces, if you think about the whole concept and it's changed now because of this whole hybrid working and um, where, you know, businesses are moving more towards outcome focus. One, because I can't see you all day. I don't know what the hell you're doing necessarily. So I have to create the conditions where I say, here's the outcomes I need. And as long as you produce those everybody's happy. But when we were in a space where we go into the office and work in the nine to five, most people aren't working from nine to five. 
Um, you know, we're doing meetings, we're at the water cooler, you know, we're surfing email, we're doing a lot. We don't actually work flat out from nine to five most times, um, but we're busy. And but Absolutely. that doesn't necessarily mean we're productive, but you're doing lots of stuff and moving and shuffling papers from one side of the desk to the next, or, you know, I'm running from pillar to post, but am I actually um pretty being productive in that sense am i making the best use of that time um or you know some people get clever enough to know that you know you're paying me for eight hours i got to be here from nine to five but i know this job only really takes me you know three hours so i'm gonna stretch time out and make it last to the end of the day because you know i don't necessarily want to do any more work um but you know as long as a boss sees me doing some stuff then we're good and then others stay late. The others stay past the time that they're paid for because it seemed like, you know, they're putting in the time and they're here till six thirty-seven, but they're not doing anything. But they just want to be seen. <laughs> you know, um, yeah, they don't want to be the first one to walk out the door. Uh, and that uh, happens okay. all over and, the place. And yeah. I'll lob in another one. So, and others stay late, <laughs> which is what I used to do because I knew that given all the kind of the meetings and the conversations and the way that I'd spent my time in the office, um, I hadn't actually got the work done that I wanted to get done that I was being paid for. So I'd stay late so that I could actually get the work done when nobody else was in the office. Mm. Um, and, and I think that's really, all of those I think are actually a really interesting uh, understanding of how people spend their time and and what actually we think work is. Uh, and now we're in a stage where, you know, people say, I've got so much pressure on at work and I'm, you know, I'm, I don't know what I should do first and, and I can't do all my work. But actually there's, there's two things going on. I think there are very much cases where companies are downsizing, but they're not reviewing the workload. Um, but I also think that people have created this workload but haven't actually analysed what the value of all of those different tasks are and if they actually do have any value or not. Or, and sometimes we create our own, you know, you do something that mm. goes up because we're under pressure and you do something above and above, above and beyond, mm -hmm. but then that becomes the expected norm. Well, you did it that once, why can't you do it? But then that becomes the norm and suddenly, you know, the more of those to tack on and of course you push from pillar to post and uh, sort of crazy. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go to a song and then I'll come back and I'll lay my last little bit of practical knowledge on uh, time management. If that's really something that you, you know, if people want to, you know, how do I, how do I manage time? <laughs> I always laugh because it's just about discipline. But anyway, um, here is But I Do by uh, Palador. All right, so cool. This my last little practical piece on time. And whenever I work with anybody in this space on time, you know, I always, you know, bring up the classic model of the urgent and important. Um, so if you're wanting to figure out how to organize some of this time you have, you know you've got the four quadrants. So you got things that are urgent, but they're not important. And you got things that are important, but not urgent. And you've got things that are urgent and important. And you got stuff that are not urgent and not important. The stuff that is in the not urgent, not important box is the stuff you want to do the least of, <laughs> you know, endlessly scrolling Instagram feed or, I don't know, you know, 
looking at emails that you don't need to be necessarily looking at uh, might fall into that category. Um, and then, you know, the stuff that's important but not urgent, you want to plan so that it doesn't get to the space where it's urgent and important and is demanding your time right then and there. Uh, and then the other one you want to be wary of is the urgent, not important. Like the phone ringing is urgent because a ringing phone demands to be uh, picked up. Or if you're looking on your phone and you see those little icons that says you got a message on WhatsApp or you've got a message um, in your messenger, those are urgent because they say, ah, you got some messages, check them, check them. Um, but they're not important. So again, leave that box alone. <laughs> so those are your quadrants. Um, filter your stuff into that and make your decisions accordingly. So yeah. where does that come from, Clay? Where, where do those, you know, quadrants come from? Yeah, there's a, a, a model. Um, I think even Stephen might talk about this a little bit. Um, um, and there's a there's a particular model that just it's comes from this. Fundamental well. to the seven habits of highly effective people. And I'm so sorry, but this is really, really important. So, you know, I deliver consultancy for Franklin Covey. I am wedded to this model. And I cannot believe that you were just sliding it in and slipping by. So yeah. Well, because yeah. I, I didn't want to spend an inordinate amount of time We're on it. Not, because... But just let's acknowledge where it came from before I get a rap on the knuckles. <laughs> <laughs> it's called the priority matrix. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I know Franklin Covey does it, but again, it doesn't necessarily mean he's in invented it because it's also called the eisenhower matrix as well i mean well, there's a number so Eisen okay okay so <laughs> I mean, there's a number of different no, versions so of, but no, i don't want to get into that forget matrix, about that because no, we do have to acknowledge this okay. um, for a variety of reasons so eisenhower's it it matrix <laughs> or they can google it if you really want to know google it um and you can go into the depth and the details of that aspect i think i only brought that up to say um if you're yeah, yeah, or talk to Naomi for that matter if you want to take a deep yes, dive. Yes, because I really um, can. <laughs> yeah, if you want to take a deep dive um, in that matrix and how to use it, because usually where I work with this is there it is, and part of this is becomes about discipline in terms of you know one having the discipline to to do that and to use that matrix to help you to organize your time, um, but then you'll get people who are too busy to organize their time, even when you give them that, uh, that tool to sort of work with. But anyway. And I, well, I think that's so to move on from there, cause I can really feel that you want to, but this yeah. is when it goes back to the priorities. It goes back to people understanding actually, you know, what is motivating them, what is driving them. And more importantly, what is it that they're working towards? So once you start to understand that, then you can make more conscious choices about how you spend your time. Um, whether that be, and this is the key thing that people do forget sometimes, relaxation is important. You need to relax. You need to, to freewheel so that you can rejuvenate yourself and then do the things that you have to do or want to do uh, in a way that you are happy with. And it's and only when... There's a couple when... of people that dispute that and the, the, the guys that are proponents. Yeah, of course, I mean, they, <laughs> you know, they're in a sort of hustle economy and, and they get a lot of flack from people in the well-being community that says that they're promoting unhealthy working space and the hustle priority is not good for people. Um, and essentially their reply is, 
you know, we if you want to go and do fishing and do things that make you happy to relax, then I don't berate you of that. The thing that I like to do, the thing that makes me happy is that I am working, you know, 18-hour days. But my utility in that, it's the thing that makes me happy. When I'm unhappy is when, if I'm forced to do these other things because people are leaving, that's the thing to do. Okay, so then yeah. that's exactly the point. The, the point is you take your time and you choose how you use it. Yeah. So yeah. it may be that you fish for 18 hours a day or it may be that you work for 18 hours a day or it might be that you do neither. It's it's not about looking at what other people do. It's about looking at what you do and taking responsibility for your own actions. And I think that's and that's the the thing that I think that's that's the bit that's easy to say but hard to do. But everything is like that, isn't it? So, you know, again, we've got the programming to go against. Um, you got other people who are competing for your time and attention or even maybe stealing time and attention for you that puts you behind but then maybe you're not in a power or position to uh pre- prevent that or maybe the relationship um you know well yeah you're just not in a position to do anything about that except for live with it and um, so there's lots of different components and nuances so i think we say it and it's easy to say but it's not necessarily easy to execute otherwise absolutely more people would be doing it um because it seems a very simple concept it's not a hard concept to understand um, and it's actually not a hard concept to um, implement if you want to and but it takes discipline it takes a desire to want to do it um you've got other parts of your personality to battle with i mean if you're a people pleaser there's no way you're going to do any of this because you'll put other people's needs ahead of your own even though that means you're going to be strapped for time and hurting um you know there's any number of other parts of yourself that can be in competition with that and that's the point people come and i want to do time management i run these time management courses i just finished doing um, some time management coaching, you know, a, a few weeks ago with two different people, but, you know, very similar stories. <laughs> um, you know, and again, the concept is there and the concept is easy, but there's other things that are actually going on um, in that space that prevents them from doing the thing that they want to do. Or even apart from saying they want to, there's some other nuances going on that is that work underneath the surface or subconsciously that's Absolutely. driving a different Absolutely. behavior. So one of the other things that we, in, in preparing for the show, uh, you mentioned um, Daniel Kahneman's book. Um, I'm not sure if I pronounced that yeah, correctly, thinking but Thinking Fast, fast and Slow. Um, and I found that quite interesting. It's a long time since I read it. So I took a little dive back in and there was a, a variety of things here, you know, very briefly in case people haven't read the book, um, but it's based on the understanding that we've kind of got two main ways of thinking. There's the fast automatic thought process, boomph, you make a decision in that moment, you act on it. Um, and then there's the slow, more rational, logical kind of thinking. And using those two concepts, actually the the thing that he that, that he was covering is that both are absolutely essential for human survival. But the key 
is using the right type of thinking at the right time. So, you know, the right type of thinking for the for the job in hand, as it were. Um, and we've kind of got out of that. You know, quite a lot of us are making maybe fast gut reaction decisions when actually we would benefit from slowing down our thinking and processing or assessing and making decisions from that part. And then sometimes we really sit on things and we take our time to think about should we, shouldn't we, you know, I'm not sure whether I, could I, and then the moment's gone and we never get to do it. Hmm. And then, of course, we can just go, oh, oh, well, it never happened. And then from there, all, all sorts of things can can erupt. Yeah, well, that's cool. And I think one of the things that I took away from um, that particular uh, book was this concept um, that we overthink the amount that we could do in any given space and time. So we over overestimate overestimate um how what we can do in any given point of time and i think again if you're thinking about your you know your relationship with time that there accounts for a lot of the self-inflicted time wounds as it were because you know you get me you have your to-do list and you fill it up with all these things and then you've got all these meetings you got all of your day planned out um, and it's stuffed full of stuff, but not accounting for the fact that, you know, unexpected things happen, not accounting for the fact that some things run over or um, some, lots of things take way longer than you think they're going to take. And then suddenly you're in a deficit because I haven't got all the things on my to-do list and um, and then it's just all getting backed up and this is due and that's due and then we're getting stressed and we're going crazy. <laughs> um, and so one of the things, are, and this is back to sort of Tom uh, Hodgkinson's book, as, and he kind of advocates um, in, in line with that is not to put that many things in your diary. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you, you know, you leave bigger spaces in your diary. So, you know, don't, like I know somebody and they have, it's hard to get a meeting with them because they have every single minute of literally every minute is blocked. And you can sometimes find a 30 minute slot um, in in their diary, but not very often. Um, which is just insane for one, but I do know that that person also habitually reschedules meetings a lot because mm-hmm. another one of the overrun and, and the like. But mm-hmm. anyway, he says to take things out of the diary um, and not to overload it. You know, so for instance, for me, and I, I mean, I've and it's not because of this particular book, but just the way that I organize myself with time and relationship with time um, is I don't actually have that much in my diary. Like today, I had to put two things in abstract and digital calm nothing else i know there's lots of you know i've got stuff that i'm working on and doing and the like but the only thing in the diary those are only two hard target things that i had to do the rest i can play with what the time that i have and 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 manipulate time in different ways but i'm not under any pressure mm. i haven't put any self-imposed pressure on myself to fill up all those spaces um, in the diary. And tomorrow I'll just put, you know, two, max three things in my diary. 
um, at any one time. And yes, there's other things I have to do, but I look at it and I think of all the things I got to do. What are the three things that if I did nothing else tomorrow, it's a win. I'm done. I'm good. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I get those three things done, then everything else is just gravy. Um, so you know, you'll look at my diary and you'll think, oh, he's not that busy at all. Because <laughs> I just simply don't overload my diary. Um, but you stuff. still have a, a kind of a to-do list that you would pick up things when yeah. you... When, so I yeah, use kind yeah. of that get things done methodology. Okay. The, yeah. The and David just, Allen. Yeah. So you throw everything in your inbox, then you look in the inbox, pull off the three things you want to work on. Mm. Then if you got, you know, you finish those three things and go back in the inbox and pull some more stuff out. So that's my, that's only my main productivity management tool is that one. Yeah. Get um, you being all practical tonight and i'm trying to stare away from it so should we have another song yeah why not cool Uh, hell is around the corner especially when you're dealing (laughs) with time (laughs) (laughs) um time for a commercial real quick so um if you're here in the middle of this space here i just want to remind you to if you want to get the digital com delivered to your inbox then the best thing to do is subscribe so if you don't want to miss an episode um, and you don't want to be looking all over the internet or you don't want to get ambushed because you went <laughs> on to twitter or wherever and you get ambushed by the all the news feed so you can Cut all that out by subscribing to the podcast. It comes to your inbox every Wednesday, um, and then you've got everything there that you need. Um, and you got the, all this music you'll get. <laughs> you can listen to the podcast again, minus the music, um, and so on. So very important, do that. Um, and if you are a subscriber already, help us spread the love by sharing uh, the newsletter and the link with other people as well. All right, so cool time. Um, now, there were some interesting things that came out of this um, how to be free that I liked as well when he was talking about throw away your watch and that the watch is a symbol of the shackle that we wear because it attaches us to uh, this clock time. Um, now, the guy doesn't advocate that you, you know, throw away your responsibilities and, you know, you don't be places that you need to be, but it's more about, again, your relationship to time. Um, and he says, you know, living in clock time prohibits living in the moment because you're always worried about what has to be done in the future rather than habit- inhabiting the actual moment. And part of the habit to cultivate is to let things happen and things will happen. Um, And to abandon kind of the expression of free time, what I'm going to do with my free time. He's an advocate that all time is free. And when you start using the words like free time, you begin to imply the opposite of slave time. So, you know, yeah, I've got to do this. I'm held in bondage by this other time. But, you know, if I have my free time, this is what I'll kind of... Um, kind of do stuff with my free time. So I thought those were interesting concepts to me. And I think there's a a little bit of the uh, sort of uh, zenness in there. So he kind of mentions, you know, learning to abandon merchant time and embrace natural time again. Um, mm. And then again, not to go, you know, stupid crazy, but filling your diary up to the minute 
under the guise of being productive or time is money and they got to produce and do more, be more, all that stuff um, that gets kicked around on social media. Um, yeah, which I, I buy wholeheartedly into that because I know that, um, you know, consciously or or uh, subconsciously, it's the way that I organize um, my kind of life. It was funny because Ruth was laughing. Well, two things raised her eyebrows today or this week. One was like I'm doing this 23-mile uh, uh, challenge on Thursday, walking mm. in the Peak District. And but I actually started packing for it on Sunday, which is unlike me. <laughs> so that raised some eyebrows to say, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> what day is today? Um, but I knew that I had a bunch of stuff going on during this week. So I thought to save me having to go find stuff, I'd just find some of the things and throw it downstairs. Anyway, so there was that. And I forgot the other thing. So it was just something about, yeah, asking about, um, it was something for me to do in November. And I'm like, come on, please. I don't even think past tomorrow, let alone thinking about November. <laughs> so, uh, which again, so for me, I, you know, tomorrow, maybe the next day is about the extent that I go out in terms of, planning <laughs> yes but you have ruth to do that for you no I mean, she doesn't do that for me because she's she we're not we're not on the same plane on that end um if there's nothing for her to organize for me really i don't know what you oh. mean by that <laughs> like what are you talking about well, <laughs> I don't know. What would you mean? But when you said that, well, what like, did you, you know, mean? if you're organizing to see family or friends. No, they don't even tell me anymore. They tell me at the last minute because I don't really, really But they've yeah. already organized it. They've, yeah. yeah and it, okay. but because they try to include me in it and to organize it, but, and, and I'll either come or I won't come. So if I'm available, then I'll go. If I'm not available, then I don't go. <laughs> so. See, and again, I think that's an insight. And I think for some people that will be quite inspirational. And they'll kind of go, oh, wow, that's a choice. Um, and it is quite interesting. I mean, I have friends who do literally organise their husband's uh, yeah, social so life. And it is that why. Leave exactly. it alone, yeah. I, I would never do that. I would always check with Nick my husband you know or I say check with actually that's not true it would always be an open discussion you know this is going on are you interested I would never sign up for anything however without at least without talking to him first so again it's kind of just interesting the way different different people run their relationships and with regards to time so one of the the things that I wrote down when I was thinking about today's episode so are you making time for the things that you love and for the people that you love and that was kind of I mean you mentioned fishing earlier and whilst I am not a fisher person um I in my mature years I can really see the value in fishing uh and and would actually be quite up for going fishing um although maybe not today as we're recording the rain is pouring down really heavily but mm. you know that's but that's a, that was a big fisherman for a long time when I were was, you yeah yeah in my sort of 20s and this stuff um I got a whole garage full of fish lures and um, tackle boxes and fishing poles and nets and yeah it was huge in fact uh, I used to be so into it when we were in Georgia um always had a fishing pole in the trunk 
And then at lunch, I would zip off to the river and fish during my lunch hour. That's super. a buddy of mine. Um, we would go after work. Sometimes we'd go before work, before PT, and go fishing because there was a lake on the way to the base. Uh, we'd just meet there, get an hour in fishing before we go to PT. So I used to fish loads. I love that. I yeah. really love that. Yeah, I see. And I never had, I've not, not yet found something that's kind of that strong a pull, if you like, that I, I would be able to do that in my lunchtime. No, actually, that's not true. I take that back. I I, I have done in recent years. Um, but yeah, so that's, I'm kind of now thinking of a huge different things. And then I, I'm like, I had loads of notes, loads of notes that we talked about. But one of the things that I wanted to mention, certainly in terms of your relationship with time is, you know, is it your relationship with time or, and you touched on this earlier, is it your relationship with yourself? So if you are a people pleaser, um, for example, you may not even be aware of it, but exactly as you said earlier, somebody has a need that you can fulfill and it might be because they're your boss uh, or it might be because they're your child, but suddenly everything that you'd planned goes to one side because they're the priority, even though what they're asking you to do actually isn't that important and can wait. But there's a whole load of other things around that. And then the other thing that I really wanted to share, and maybe we've got time to talk a little bit about, is something whereby you know, sort of life is brought into question, shall we say. Um, So, you know, suddenly you are maybe given a certain amount of time to live and it's quite a short time. Um, That deep realisation that actually you might not have all the time that you think you have, that can lead to clarity and taking action. And that might be because the fear is cleared away of you stopping yourself from taking action or it might be that you do it regardless of the fear because you feel you've got nothing to lose at that point yeah and we talked about this on the episode when we had dave on as a guest didn't a we? long time we ago that yeah that was the wisdom experience incarnation yeah and that podcast. was uh we talked about the death meditation that where you kind of put yourself in the mind imagination and go through that space of having the year left six months left down to an hour, I think we did. And what mm. would you do with your time then if you had knew you you knew the end date? Um, and again, it's always, I think, like I just had just, I guess it was last week, someone same age as I am, uh, who we were close to in the States and uh, uh, husband died. Mm. Um, but unexpectedly, it wasn't like he was sick and he didn't get an accident, just died. Um, but then again, it, it reminds you that, any time you could go. Um, so, again, when you're thinking about what's important to me and what is it that I want to spend my time on, there is that natural tendency for us to assume that we're going to live forever. It's just kind of part of your, you know, our makeup, human things. We know logically that we're not going to live forever, but we organize our lives as if we are going to live for a long, 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 long time. I don't need to worry about that yet. Because <laughs> um, we assume we've got another day. Um, and so I think some of it's about appreciating um, the fact that any day could be your last, if we want to get really philosophical here, is that, you know, any day could be your last, so live each day as if it was your last day. 
Um, so liber- live it uh, more deliberately, live it and you know, do more of the things that you find that are important to you, more of the things that give you, lift your spirit, lift your soul. Um, and then also from a Zen point of view, don't fight the other things. So, you know, everyone has the 24 hours in a day. You know that. Think about the things that are in your life and how are the reason that they're in your life and then then accept that they are part and parcel to the script that you're playing out right now. And then instead of fighting it, embrace it and live with it. Um, and just jam. Don't Because as soon as you make it a contest, then mm. and I think I've told the story on the podcast before where, you know, when I was younger-ish, um, you know, one of the reasons I started getting up at four in the morning is because, you know, when the kids were younger and they say, you got to spend time with the kids and got to spend time with my wife and I was employed, so you had to work. And I used to be like, oh, when am I going to get some clay time? Um, so I started getting up at four in the morning and then that gave me from four to seven to do my clay stuff. Um, I still get up now. I don't get up at four in the morning as much. I get up at 4.30, between 4.30 and 5.00. Um, occasionally I'll sleep until 5.30, but I'm up between 4.30 and 5.30 basically every day. But it gives me then a block of time to which everyone else is asleep. Nobody wants anything from me. Um, I don't need to be opening up emails. I don't need to be checking. It's just, it is clay time. Um, and that's what I use it for. Um, but there was a point in time in the, you, you know, when the kids were younger and they're like, where I felt like, well, I can't go do this. I can't go climb a mountain. I got to do this. I got, you know, I had all these things. Every, I had that space where it felt like everybody wanted a piece of me. If it wasn't at work, then it was at home and kids and wife and all that. And I was like, dang. So I was feeling really, um, you know, I was getting, yeah, there was a lot of tension there. Then I did that Camino walk and I had my little light bulb moment that I was trying to be. Um, I had, I guess I had externalized, um, I as externalized who I am, I externalized the thing that makes me happy. I externalized that. And when I couldn't do those things and that made me unhappy, um, when I internalized my happiness, then I could do those things and not do those things and it didn't matter. So no longer, then there was no longer a competition between it and the wife or the kids or any of that. Um, so if I did it, I did it. If I didn't do it, I didn't do it, and it, and it didn't matter. Um, and it didn't affect me as I'm sad because I didn't get to do it. Um, it's just it, that didn't happen. Okay, well, I was, yeah, it was just that that thing that, like Tom says, let things happen and things will happen. And, you know, once I had that reconciliation um, with time, then I was good. Excellent. That was a really, really lovely summary, I think, of everything that we've talked about and a lovely way to actually bring us to the conclusion of the show is how it feels. Yeah. Okay. So relationship to time. Um, yeah, I like this discussion because I get it, it's well, it works. It's a number of different levels for me. I think it's you know, it's that in where you know, I think it's the mind piece that you have to lick if you really want to lick time management, as it said, as as it were. Um, 
So for me, the concept is not actually that hard and or that difficult. It really comes down to, you know, what's important to you is the real question it comes down to. And then what's your priorities? Um, and then making decisions between those and you don't have to think about your time. You know where the time goes. Um, and then I guess the third part that underpins that is that you you always have a choice. And not everybody believes they have choices that they can make, um, but everybody has choices. You might not like, and you might say, oh, I would never do that. But, you know, you can find plenty of examples of people who will do that because it suits them because the thing that's important to them is something else that's different from what's important to you. Indeed. And I know we should never really, you know, throw something in right at the very end. Um, but there is a wonderful, wonderful woman called Yasmin Varegi, and that's not how you pronounce the surname, but I can't remember how you pronounce it. And I know her. I've, I've met her in real life. I've spoken to her uh, of several times, and she is a fabulous woman. And I'm holding up this book because it's a pretty colour, uh, but it's also called Tiny Time, Big Results. And it's a, it's a, a book really aimed at people who want to run their own businesses um, who don't have a huge amount of time. So she's a mother of three. Uh, the youngest has just started school, so she really does know what she's talking about. And she had a corporate uh, learning and development background, actually. So um, I just I wanted to share that because actually she covers essentially four principles to run your profitable 20 hour a week business. But the point of sharing it is because I think that's useful to everybody regardless or not of if you run your own business and I think there are lots of things that you can read I think there's lots of your own choices that you can make um, and it, it is it's being almost kind of powered from within is you know what is it that's going to help me spend my time doing what I want to do in a way that I find fulfilling and getting up at four o'clock in the morning ain't ever going to do it for me. Yeah, and it's not a lot. I mean, I know there's that whole movement. I was doing this before it became a thing. You know, if you go onto uh, YouTube and the whole 5 a.m. club, Robert Sharma is pushing the 5 a.m. club. Wow. Isn't it? Yeah, so. I, you know. I've not seen. No, well, he's pushing Because I'm it. avoiding social media at the moment. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> it's I not. Get it's sucked not down I mean, that he's, he's been pushing that for a while. Then, of course, he pushed it. So then all the other little influencers are pushing the 5am or try 5am but again you got to work to I mean I get up I mean that people you know again and we can talk about biorhythms and stuff like that exactly, it might not be yeah. your rhythm at that time of the day so maybe you do it on the other end maybe you don't I mean there's some people don't go to bed till three in the morning because mm -hmm. um, that's their time you know where they're more productive I mean I've got you know like you know I know yeah I have friends who that's they work on that end um, I work in the beginning and, um, and then other people are sort of stuck in the middle, I guess. But um, yeah, so I was the OG. Well, actually, the army, we got up early anyway as well. But still, even in, then when people had to get up, there's not everybody was a morning person. I just happened to always have been a morning person. So mm. getting up um, was no big deal for me. And, you know, and, and I don't even use an alarm clock, so... It's not like I'm forcing myself up. Right. I just wake up at that time naturally and ready to go and do my thing. And awesome. So, In fact, as you would say, outstanding. Yeah, that's how <laughs> I roll. Okay, so 
one more time for the commercial? You can tell them about it now. So, well, what is the actual link for people to come and sign up for the email? Um, oh, I know it's review, and yeah, that's all I so, can remember. Yeah, it's so long, but if you want to, in its longness, I mean, we're going to put it in the show notes to this. But yeah, the but best people place have to, go to, to see the show yeah, notes. best place to go to go to Twitter at DigitalCom, and it's right there in your eyeballs. It says the DigitalCom subscribe. Um, weekly podcast because it's now built into Twitter. So that's the easiest way to get to it. Um, if you want the long URL for it, um, the long URL, which you, I guess you could rewind this thing and um, keep going back to it. Um, the URL, actually, it's not that bad. It's gitreview.co slash profile slash digital com if you want a direct link. But- so Listen, I'm a quick writer and I managed to write get review <laughs> and I got through some slashes and that's it. So tell me again, get review. Yeah, so getreview.co slash profile slash digitalcom or just go to Twitter at digitalcom and your life will be sorted. Um, okay. And, or and if you made if, it this far, you'll see it in the in the in one of the show notes somewhere. <laughs> Depending on where you've this picked up. up. Exactly. Yeah. And the other thing is, though, to, and to listen to us on a regular basis, um, it really is going to be the easiest way is to sign up for the email. That's all we'll send you each week. We send you the show notes. We send you the links uh, to the, this full episode that has the words and the music. Then there's also a link to the words only episode, if that's what you want to concentrate on. And then there's also a link to the playlist, which, as I said earlier in the show, you can use in the background whilst you're doing whatever you like. So, um, and if you just want to listen to it, but you don't want to sign up, then it's mixcloud.com forward slash digital com, I believe. Yeah, that's it. That's all. Fabulous. That's, that's as, it's as easy as that. And if you want to support the podcast, then the best way to support it at this point in time is to like and share it in your social spaces. Forward the email onto your networks. Please. And help <laughs> spread the word and yes. help the thing grow um, so we can continue to do it. And we won't even hit you up with any money yet, but maybe that no, might no. be coming. <laughs> well. <laughs> it's all free for now. <laughs> exactly. What we would really like to get to is 100 listeners every week. And so, yes, if you could share that, we would be hugely grateful um, because... That's the way of the world. But because we want to reach more people, you know, we believe that what we're sharing is interesting. We believe that it's uh, it's interesting in a way that allows you to make different connections going on in your mind and therefore to make different decisions and choices, to think about things in a, a different way than maybe you have previously or to remind you of, of different ways. So, and yeah, if you let's believe get that word out. As we believe, then you'll share it. That's how you can. <laughs> or if you, and if you don't believe, then don't share it, you know. Well, <laughs> no, but to be fair if you don't believe share it too because that's the whole point nah, is that we actually want, we, we, we do we want you. to we want to generate conversation nah, want... <laughs> if you don't like it then go find another podcast there's plenty oh, okay of podcasts not liking there, yeah. it is one thing but i was meaning if people don't agree with what we're saying oh no that's that's different. okay that's, yeah that, i mean if they don't like the podcast as in what's this <laughs> junk i don't want to listen to this junk yeah <laughs> in that case absolutely gonna, just i'm not going to share with then. any of my friends who forget that as if that's your attitude get the hell out yeah, we don't want none of you. <laughs> nothing to do with you. Go away. Brilliant. Right. All right. There we go. Last tune that'll play us out. And then yeah, we'll see you next 
next week. Next episode will be out next Wednesday. Uh, next Wednesday. So keep the keep Wednesday. Um, be looking in your inbox mm. for it to come in your inbox next Wednesday. This is called Right Days. <laughs>